the presence of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. Nehemiah 8 and 5 says, When Ezra opened the book, all the people stood. Our message text for the preach-teached word today is found in the Old Testament book, the book of Esther, chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. And it reads as follows. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. The word of God. Lord God, your people are gathered. Speak now. Find this your servant a usable instrument. And may your word rest on fertile ground and be planted. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There's a background to this Old Testament book, which could possibly be summed in one sentence, how one woman, one woman, a Jewish woman, saved the Jewish people from a genocide and annihilation. In the first chapter of Esther, a viewing of the kingdom is given by King Ahasuerus. In his third reign, lasting 187 days. It was an opportunity for him to display his vast wealth. The banquet that followed lasted seven days for all who were present. His queen, Vashti, gave a similar banquet for the women. Queen Vashti is later deposed as the queen because she dared to say no to the king and to present herself before the king's banquet so her beauty could be admired admired by the men, which is what was desired of King Osiris. Now this deposing of Queen Vashti is a message in and of itself the woman who says no to a king. Consequently, 
A search for a new wife or queen opens the door for Esther. Now, Bible scholars tell us there are two books of our Bible that will not find the word God anywhere throughout the book. Queen Esther is one of those books. The other is the Song of Solomon. When one reads the book of Esther, it is the intervention, however, of God that is evident throughout even if there is no mention of God by name. It is destiny, circumstance, and divine intervention to, at work to save God's people. It is the submission to the obedience of the mission that Esther listens to cousin Mordecai and realizes and enacts her purpose and calling to champion the wicked plan of Haman to annihilate the Jews. Who is Esther? A Jewish woman, also known as Hadassah. A Hebrew name, but we learn Mordecai, Esther's cousin, who has raised her from a child, has advised her not to reveal her racial cultural heritage and Esther does as Mordecai advises. You see, the Judeans are exiled from their homeland and that they are following the Babylonian conquest of Judea. So it is wise to not reveal fully who you are. The Jews have haters. You see, Esther has been directed to King Osiris' palace to obtain the throne of queen. She's not alone. There are many other beautiful women and virgins who are sought throughout the land to become queen for King Osiris. The new queen will be just that, a new queen. As King Osiris is in the process of replacing his old queen, Queen Vashti, for another. For now, many beautiful women are being summoned to the palace to obtain a throne fit for a queen. The requirements are beauty, chastity, and obedience to the king. Following a year of beauty treatments and waiting to be summoned by the king, Esther rises among other beautiful virgins to become the favored of King Osiris, and then she becomes queen. Her position is sealed with a banquet and a day dedicated in honor of Queen Esther. It is seemingly a storybook tale of a king who gets his queen. But there's trouble looming. There's trouble looming for Mordecai, who keeps tabs on his cousin and her ascension to the throne as queen. Mordecai is mentioned more than once to be seated at the king's gate. Sitting at the gate offers Mordecai a presence to be engaged and attentive to the goings-on in the palace. He has even overheard and thwarted a plot 
to kill the king. Mordecai is alert. He is present, prepared, and available to be a conduit for revelation. God's name is not mentioned in the book of Esther, but his divinity, his intervention is at work. I submit it is one's faith in action. King Osarius's number two man, Haman, is a different kind of man. He's consumed with pride and self-aggrandizement. He cannot see beyond himself. And when he does, it is only to refocus what is at hand back to himself. Mordecai, you see, does not bow to Haman. And this is a great offense to Haman. And or perhaps it is the reality of the lineage and cultural identity that foments the hatred of Haman, an Agite and longtime enemy of the Jews, wherein explanation is arrived as to why Haman's desire was not only to kill Mordecai, but all the Jewish people throughout the lands. Mordecai was targeted chiefly by Haman because he refused to bow before Haman in recognition of his elite position in the kingdom. Met people like that, I am so-and-so. And because of who I am, there's a certain way and manner in which you need to speak to me. Haman's pride was heavy, thick, tall. Haman, now having sought permission from the king to kill off all the Jews, citing the Jewish Mordecai did not obey the laws, he did not bow to number two. Haman was his offense. And having received permission from the king to kill off all the Jews for this reason, a future date is set and an official notice is sent out as to when the killing of Jews would take place. The text says Mordecai sent word to Queen Esther, now the queen in the palace. And with some back and forth, Queen Esther telling Mordecai, I can't just go before the king. Mordecai gives her the reality check in verse 13 and I paraphrase, you're not too fine, Queen. You're not too fine, Queen Esther, to do the work of saving your people. If you don't, someone else will do that which is for you to do. And who knows that this is why you have attained your royal position for such a time as this. Queen Esther, now having fully received the word from Mordecai, backed up with a copy of the order for the impending killing of the Jews, quickly realigns her thinking. Is it possible? Is it possible that Queen Esther, or you and I, given our position or status, 
can be lulled into a false sense of tranquility and not process reality? Mordecai learned of the edict of the king for wiping out the Jews and responded with grief, with anguish, sackcloth, and ashes. Queen Esther, having heard of the same edict, suggested there was nothing she could do. Was it her presence for 12 months of beauty treatments and pampering or her final attainment to the throne as queen and knowledge of knowing no one knew who she really was, Hadassah, a Jewish woman, or perhaps she needed the reality check Cousin Mordecai provided her to wake her from her false sense of security and act. Perhaps we see this kind of a conundrum played out in an Academy Award movie. Perhaps you've seen it, Driving Miss Daisy. Morgan Freeman as Hoke, the chauffeur for Jessica Tandy as Miss Daisy, a wealthy, retired school teacher, feels the brunt of prejudice as a Jewish woman when her synagogue is bombed. She's saddened, she's fearful, and she suffers great anguish. Yet, her wealthy status and perhaps socialite appeal cast a downward look upon Hoke, her chauffeur, as she cannot seem to bring herself to outright invite him to a dinner she is scheduled to attend with the guest speaker, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. She doesn't quite know how to go about it. After all, he's her chauffeur but she's going to see the great Dr. Martin Luther King, understanding that in her head has caused her some issues, and so she makes a hasty attempt at an invitation to Hoke upon his driving her to the dinner. And Hoke flatly declines, saying if she wanted him to attend, she should have asked him properly. And he sits at the dinner, sits out the dinner, listening to the guest speaker and the words of Dr. King via the car radio, wherein Dr. King puts it straight. And in his famous quote, he says, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. Mm. When there is a disconnect of others about you, you cannot allow their processing 
of who they deem you to be to dissuade you from that of who you know you are. These issues of classism and sexism and racism and ageism will rear its ugly head. And ignoring and or politely confronting its reality can be enlightening to the offender or messy. When you are confronted with a Karen or a Ken who just can't see beyond their self-perceived entitlement that renders you less than, it may be difficult to walk away with a smile. But key to your peace is knowing who you are and recognizing who they are. Apostle Paul, in the second chapter of Timothy, the 24th verse, says to his son in the ministry, Timothy, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, be patient with difficult people. I submit that Queen Esther had a momentary break with who she was while answering as Queen Esther in the palace of the Persian kingdom, receiving all the accoutrements of a queen. She had become comfortable as Queen Esther and deemed who she knew herself to be of little or insignificant importance at a time when the lives of her people were being threatened. If that was factual, she was quickly checked by her cousin Mordecai. I ask you, do you know your mission, your purpose, the work God has called you to do? Well, we are more confident in our answer when we are living our lives in connection, abiding in the Lord, seeking him and his purposes for our life. I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, when you are awake each morning with a total lack of enthusiasm for your day or week ahead of you, you are not working in godly purpose for your life. It is a passion and a desire that sets upon you that fulfills you. If you have not discovered it, you are complacent and need to move with effort and service to the Lord until your passion and God's assignment for your life becomes clear. Imagine if Esther, AKA Hadassah, believed her mission was merely being pampered and receiving 12 months of beauty treatments in her quest to become queen, and having received the king's favor and pronouncement of her attainment of the role of queen, considered her mission and purpose complete. What would have happened to the Jews in Persia? 
Mordecai holds Esther accountable. Oh, we all need an accountability partner. Mordecai holds Esther accountable to act on behalf of her people, and Esther responds with preparation and courage. She engages in corporate fasting and prayer, and the people humbled themselves and sought God for strength, direction, and release from the death order issued upon the people. The book is named Esther, but Mordecai never lost sight of who he was. A man of God, separated from his homeland, but loyal to God and his people. We need an accountability partner like that when we veer left of center. There is a spiritual gift that God has given to each one of us because he does so to all his children. And when you work in your spiritual gift God has given you, you may not be called to save a people from genocide, but what you are called to do is great in the eyes of God. Amen. Someone or something is in need of what you can offer and the gift God has given you to serve in his kingdom. Amen. If, however, we as servants of God seek to be seen and heard or disagreeable, we lack humility and need to check the definition for humble servant. Now that's love. That's love. As I close, I want to share a song I'm going to be singing to myself as I praise God in my alone time. Oh, my mom. Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's love. Let's say it again. Jesus went to Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's Hung him high, they stretched him wide. He hung his head for me, he died. That's love. That's love. That's not how the story ends. In three days, he rose again. That's To Calvary to save a wretch like you and me. That's love. That's love. They hung him high, they stretched him wide. He hung his head for me. Again, that's love. 
Amen, church. I love you. Joy to the church home.